Hello, this is Laura Jost of the American Journal of Managed Care. Recently, I interviewed Margaret O'Kane, President of the National Committee for Quality Assurance. For the 11th year in a row, O'Kane has been named to Modern Healthcare's 100 Most Influential People in Healthcare list. Throughout her career, she has been committed to ensuring healthcare quality through measurement, transparency, and accountability. What was your first experience where the importance of healthcare quality became apparent to you? Yeah, I was a respiratory therapist. Um, I had been a school teacher, you know, I, when I got out of college, and uh, I decided I wanted to work in healthcare, and I got a job as a respiratory therapist. And um, I, you know, I worked in a number of different hospitals. I worked at a, a very good hospital for three years, and I worked at some not so good hospitals for lesser amounts of time. And um, e even in the good hospitals, it was very clear to me that the way the care was organized was not giving good results. Um, there was a lot of um, kind of, you know, lack of definition of what was supposed to happen. There, were, you know, standards were not widely used. As a respiratory therapist, we had guidelines on, you know, what the lung volumes should be on ventilators for people of, of certain sizes and so forth, but often they were just not even used at all. And, um, you know, people just kind of went and played around with dials on the machines. Uh, and, you know, there was a, kind of a lack of integration of different parts of, of the system. You know, remember, these were all in hospitals. The nurses, I think, were the most organized, um, and they were the ones that were kind of the continuous presence at the bedside. And um, they often were kind of like being heroic, you know, kind of rescuing patients from contradictory orders and so forth. But, you know, it's just clear that there must be a better way. So um, that's what got me galvanized. So at the time, you know, quality measurement, that re wasn't really a thing. No, it wasn't a thing. Um, in fact, when I started working in quality, or it, I, I was working actually at the, the HMO Trade Association before NCQA, and a lot of the, um, I was working with the medical directors because we were trying to create a quality agenda, and, and I, I think often they, they didn't believe you could measure quality. But I think, you know, in some areas you can, there's no sort of single way to do it, but, um, you know, people could agree, for example, that preventive services should be given and that the guidelines that the Preventive Services Task Force had developed were actually pretty good, and uh, then you could just see how many times did people get this preventive service. Um, and then there were other organizations that had guidelines, you know, the American Diabetes Association, American Heart Association, the NIH was getting into guidelines and so forth. And um, so we kind of went where the knowledge was, um, you know, where, where the knowledge had been extracted from the research and where there was agreement on what should happen. And then we measured how often it should happen. You know, people are impatient with that these days, but I think there's a, there's a real place for it. And there's still a lot of times when the right thing doesn't happen. And so when you founded uh, NCQA, what was sort of the reaction to this new organization that was there for quality measurement? Um, I think it was varying. Uh, luckily for us, the employers had been kind of creating a quality bandwagon. Or each, each company had its own, I guess. Um, you know, so Fortune 100 companies were hiring consultants and going and visiting health plans. and. Uh, asking them to report on things and kind of shocked that they couldn't answer pretty basic questions. How many people with diabetes are there in your population, et cetera? Mm -hmm. 
And so it really was something magical happened when we got them all together and um, and said, why are you all doing this separately? Couldn't we do this together? And uh, that was that was the way we got our start. So the HEDIS measures come out, and how do you get these measures to become, you know, used? And now today, everybody knows what the HEDIS measures are. Yeah, They're very big. Yeah, it was big. the employers that really put us on the map and put the HEDIS measures on the map because they were, at the time, uh, their strategy was to have, you know, a third-party health plan. I mean, it's it's changed somewhat since then. You know, many of them are self-insured. They only have one health plan, so, um, you know, it's a different scenario. But in those days, that was that was the thing, and that got us started. And then, um, so then we had sort of common expectations among employers who mandated accreditation and mandated HEDIS reporting. And then we went to the states and said, you know, your approach to regulation of health plans is missing all this quality stuff. So many of the states adopted some version of our standards or HEDIS or, or whatever. And um, so we're recognized in 38 states. So if you get accredited and you report HEDIS, then that will get a bunch of regulatory requirements at the state level waived. And we also went and had the same uh, experience with um, Medicare with MA plans um, where we started collecting the data um, long ago in the 1990s. When did you first notice the push for quality measurement start picking up? Well, I think it came out of the employer uh, community, and it just so happened that those companies were doing their own quality revolutions at the time. They were doing continuous quality improvement, um, the, uh, the, the total quality management. Quality engineering had, you know, it hadn't taken hold in the United States, but it had for example, in Japan, where, um, you know, industrialized processes and so forth were, and, and using data to see how you're doing, those were the norms in manufacturing. And it's kind of why Japanese cars turned the American auto, company on, auto companies on their heads. Um, and so a lot of this awareness was filtering into the auto companies and, and then to other companies in that Fortune 100 group. And so many of the techniques and so forth um, became reflected in what we were doing. So uh, there was a real um, uh, kind of creative coming together between those companies and us and the, the plans that wanted to win on quality. So 26 years after founding NCQA, what does it mean for you to see how far the United States has come with quality measurement? Well, I'm one of those people that's kind of always a glass is half full, <laughs> so I, I think it's very gratifying that uh, we're concerned about quality. Um, you know, plans used to tell me that you know, quality, quote, was not a business issue. Now, this was not, not widespread, but it would, I mean, there were, there were plans who believed that. Um, now, because of CMS, I think in particular in the STAR system at CMS, it definitely is a business issue. and. Um, so that's gratifying, but we still have a long way to go. There, are, you know, you know, knowing how a plan is doing with its people with diabetes, that's a lot more than we used to know. But we we have a lot more that we need to know, and where the answers are more subtle and more difficult. So you know, we're working on uh, long-term services and supports for elderly people um, and people with disabilities. Uh, you can't just take your your basic HEDIS approach and say, did they get this care? Um, because they're, they have um, much more um, comprehensive
comprehensive needs, many of which are not medical and so forth. So um, going to the patient, asking the patient, how is this working for you um, in a lot of different ways? You know, medically, how is it working for you? Um, are you getting your needs met in other ways as well? Those are, those are the new frontiers and what we're excited to work on these days. And so what do you think it means to be a leader in quality? Who's pushing it? Why are they pushing it? How are they emulating, you know, the best ways of going about quality of care and things like that? Well, I mean, I think there are a lot of leaders in quality, so let's be clear about that. And, um, you know, we learn from others. You know, I, I learned a lot from Don Berwick, who, you know, kind of was an incredible force for quality uh, coming up right around the same time as me out of Harvard Community Health Plan. Um, you know, I think there's tremendous leadership on quality at CMS, Patrick Conway and Kate Goodrich and others. Um, there, you know, there are tremendous people in, in the delivery system, in health plans, and that, that feels really good. I mean, when we were kind of a, you know, a little uh, outfit that people kind of, some people I think underestimated us or, you know, didn't take us very seriously. Um, it was kind of fun to be a pioneer, but, um, you know, this needs to be happening as a regular part of, of everything that happens in healthcare. So, um, and it needs to be more, I mean, it needs to be a part of everybody's education who's going to be a healthcare provider. So everybody kind of still has to lead in quality if they're, if they're doing healthcare um, on some scale. Thank you. Okay, thank you. This has been an episode of Managed Carecast, a podcast brought to you by the American Journal of Managed Care.